0: what oh, oh, break so number feeling. are we
1: actually are we, we do five this is 25
2: 25 i
3: said a line it was 24 i hate to tell you guys business but, it's, I mean, 24.
2: it's like 24 24 all right there, but... pat moran just texted and said is the podcast started yet yeah <laughs> okay we got
0: we got to go live right.
1: here we are at episode 23 or 24 yeah yeah it's 24 i think whatever Coming off the heels of the MCAA's MEP Innovation Conference, we decided we wanted to keep the party going and brought in the puppet master of the event, Sean McGuire. We touch on a lot of topics revolving around the conference, contractors helping contractors, and how great it was to bring in Smackna and Nika and make this a great, big, happy family event.
0: All right. Well, thanks to everybody who's tuned in already and been reminding us that we're late. Well, because, you know, we're dorks and My we fault. were dork. <laughs> we were dorking out. It was this guy, Sean McGuire's fault. All right. Well, we're going to kick this off and a little quiz. What show number are we at? We don't even know, but I think <laughs> it's episode 23, actually we nope. didn't
2: no nope. uh, i i still think that's wrong 24? Okay. <laughs> 24 all right
4: it's
0: 24 dude <laughs> hey 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 <laughs> hey, producer cut that for me you all show? right all right
1: yeah. and go again
0: <laughs> Three, all two, right one, well one. <laughs> all right we are live this is the construction dorks episode 24 we didn't want it to end That's right. We didn't want our annual favorite conference that was the impetus for the construction dorks in this podcast in general. It's near and dear to our heart. And who better to have with us to talk about the MEP Innovation Conference than Sean McGuire. Sean, thanks for joining us today. We'll get to you in a second. We're excited. Uh, We're going to get your favorite geek outs. We're going to geek out. Um, You know, you had us on. We appreciate that. But 15 minutes, well, it just wasn't enough. So we need some more time to let it go. I'm gonna start Look, I'm tonight.
3: Sorry, I had to cut you guys off at some point, though. We had a we had a tight <laughs> schedule. We had things to do. <laughs> things to you do. We got get... the party to ever end, but <laughs> unfortunately, there's there was other things going on, man. There's only so many things I can fit into a day. Yeah. That's
0: true. That's true. We're gonna hit all of those today. I am drinking coffee in my Iron Man yeah, mug. No, that's Iron man. <laughs> Iron Man mug because that's right, seventy point three. It's down the drain. So all good. I'll get back to drinking later. Uh thank you. Thank you. Uh Congratulations. oh I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I expect innovation. Yeah. You know, come on. We all know here that I like to hear about myself, but uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Got Jonathan out on that one, that's didn't true. I? Yeah. All right, Travis, it's up to you. What are you drinking today? Uh, what bar are you at anyway? That's a nice bar.
1: I don't, I don't know. I feel it felt like a like a Vegas bar, so I grabbed it off the internet. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm still partying after a conference. But um, I grabbed a bottle of Koval. Um, they're distilled in Chicago. This is their four-grain whiskey. It's, it's pretty good, pretty smooth, very, very bourbon-y. Uh, what about you, Trent?
2: All right. I'm definitely a little more boring. It's the go-to. The old bullet ride. So
0: I like uh, bullet we're
2: Ryan, actually eh? moving right now. Sold the house, so I don't have anything fancy in the house. But you know what? You can't go wrong.
0: Sometimes you don't have to be fancy. You just
2: got to be real.
0: And and <laughs> right. and around these parts here, we call that Boulet.
2: Right. Well, and when you drink a lot of it, you, you gotta you gotta find a price point. So
0: uh, that's awesome, Jonathan.
4: I got I got a space side, so I got Avalar which is a side Scotch, and um, it is really good, and 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 I felt like I could use it today. This is a Scotch day. This is the first time we've seen the sun in Erie in, like, freaking four days. So so this is a good day for some Scotch. Oh, I love Scotch.
3: Scotchy, Scotchy, Scotch. I was going to say, I was going to do it. Somebody had to <laughs> do it. Going scotch, down Scotch. Down oh. my belly. It's lovely.
0: <laughs> All right, with that, Sean Maguire, take over, my man.
3: Uh, I'm going with the, with uh, McKenna's uh, ten, but uh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth between that. I had I had an old fashioned that I'm polishing off first, though. Oh,
1: so, can't beat those. Just can't beat those. Yeah. So
3: yeah. here's here's the old old fashioned. Uh, I had some leftover pineapple which I threw in in uh, the first batch. And that just didn't really work too well, but yeah. You know. <laughs> but you got to experiment every once in a while. You know, that's the whole, whole purpose of it. Every once in a while, you've got to really kind of. Test it out. See if there's anything a way to kind of improve what you think is already a pretty good product.
0: All right. We like that. All right. Well, I guess we're getting kicked off, aren't we? We do have some people watching in today. So, hey, guys, feel free and, and ladies, whoever's out there. I haven't taken a look at who's out there today, but ask your questions. Sean's here to answer. You can open up the door. But I, I wanted to start with a set of questions because... Um, you know, you changed it this year, right? Uh, this is, you know, we've all known it as MCAA Tech. It's a, it's a re- religious event for most of us uh, to go to on the regular, but you combined it this year with Nika and Smackna. Um, so, talk about how that came about, and and since its first year, talk about how it went from your from your side of things.
3: Well, you know, we we've kind of had this weird progression of naming this 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 conference for ever since its inception because we called it the Tech Conference first. Uh, then we changed it to the construction technology conference, and then it was innovation technology, and then we're like, you know what? <clears throat> let's call it the, uh, the MEP innovation conference, and invited some of our partners here. And, and you know, the reason why we did that is, is pretty simple. I, I think as we as we look around, um, and you guys, I'm sure, experience this from the from your dorkitude. Um, there are a lot of people in the trades. Um, a lot of subcontractors who have very, very similar pain points. Um, but the reason why we kind of really want to reach across the aisle and, and even to other trades is, I think that diverse perspective that you start getting from um, every single side of the job really increases, like you know, your, your skill set and, and your understanding of this whole process. So, you know, I, I was looking around, and yeah, you know, we were saying like, okay, well, what, you know, what can we have? Who can we have from SMACNA? And we had a couple studs come in. You know, we had uh, actually, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, they're, they're, they're member contractors of ours, but they presented uh, a perspective on a couple things for sheet metal estimating um, or connected uh, connectivity to your fab shop with Darren Young. Um, but we also had, we you know, some electricians that came in and really gave us, you know, some perspective that, that we'd never seen anymore. Uh, Adam Davis came in from Lighthouse Electric and, um, he, he presented a topic called labor by volume, which I think all of us were in the original yeah. um, session where we kind of came up with the idea or he came up with the idea or pitched the idea because we were pushing back on him about like, you know, how do you ever get your perspective um, demonstrated? How do you ever like, cause you're usually when you're doing the back the, the order of operations and you're drawing, it's like always, you know, biggest the smallest and conduit always gets moved. How do you ever you know push back on it? And Trent, what, what was his original thesis that he was, he was talking about? He was saying that, um, it's all if you if you want to look at it strictly from the perspective of what can be moved sure i can make you know 30 elbows in this thing to to make it work (laughs) out but if you're talking about that you're adding a certain amount of labor to the whole process and what,
2: what was he saying so like the the title of the presentation actually i kind of quizzed him on a little bit and it was confusing he called it labor by volume i i told him he should change it to like labor versus volume because that's what spoke a little better but his argument was you know, some of the traditional hierarchies that, that we use, he called it the, I think he said it was the legacy hierarchy, right, which is kind of a cool way to put it, um, uh, but some of those, you know, it treats sheet metal kind of as a large volume object, um, and us plumbers are guilty of it too, you know, vent lines and sanitary lines, you know, we, we get a little preferential treatment, and his argument was it should be based on field labor to make that change, and you know, and, and it preaches to what we talked about in the IPD and design build world, right, providing value to the owner and it was just, you know, a four inch PVC line is taking hierarchy over eight conduits on a rack because the electric, you know, and it was, and he kind of broke it down into what's the labor of the offset to the, to the rack and you know when you turn you got to add a hanger and this and that so it it, it was a cool, you know, it, it challenged that legacy hierarchy, as he called it, which I thought was a really cool way to put it. But yeah, it was all credit to, you know, the innovation conference, bringing those guys in the perspective that we don't always see at the MCA tech conference.
3: Well, and as soon as I think all of us heard it, I think I said it within, the, within about 10 seconds of him giving his original thesis was like, you're presenting on this at the conference, right? <laughs> He's like, I right, sure. I'd be happy to. And then he sent in like about a week later, I got this manifesto and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was, I mean, it manifesto, was manifesto. I like how you afford that. Well, that's, that's exactly how he put it. He said, like, I've got this manifesto that I want to present um, just to kind of get all this off my chest and say like, Hey, there's, you got to look at this from form from more than one perspective, but especially as you really start looking at IPD jobs where you're all Um, invested in the total project value and labor you know and productivity you've got to really take everybody into perspective and sure it might be the easiest thing in the in kind of i wouldn't say the laziest way of of making everything kind of fit and work Um, but you do have to take in perspective like all the different things you can do maybe just because you can move the conduit you don't necessarily have to move the conduit as a first option kind of thing so that that to me made sense, but as soon as I heard, it, I was like, "This is that is the epitome of what we want this conference to be. We want to gain a better perspective of um, how we can kind of learn from each other's perspectives." And it it, it really kind of worked out that way. And I think it worked out pretty well. And and don't get me wrong, um, I think every single session that um, some of the electrical guys and some of the sheet metal guys uh, saw that what we're doing, and they immediately took back and said, "Why are we Why are we kind of doing this?" Um, John, you had a great session uh, for the for the general session on day two, which was talking about you know your process more than you're like trying to buy the solution. And yeah. it's funny, it wasn't. It, let's be clear, it wasn't the sexiest topic. Uh, but the reason why we wanted to kind of have it up there in the first place is because it's so important. Everybody look goes to technology conferences and sometimes the first thing they see are these shiny objects that can fix everything. Um, but it's just not the case and it won't be the case until you take a look at your operations and really determine what your internal processes are and how you can make them better.
4: Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I thought what was really interesting coming out of that and talking to some of the people in the other, um, in the other areas was a lot of them, didn't understand like i've heard a couple people like as i was leaving that they didn't actually even understand why they had the tech they have they had a bunch of tech they're like oh yeah we have a trimble and a pharaoh and everything else and 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 it looked like they really didn't didn't use them for much like we we occasionally use our tr- trimble to do layout and i was i was constantly kind of like well, what about data collection? Well, what about setting control? What about checking exists? Like, there's so many other things that you can do with this stuff. But until you see all the sort of the jobs you have to do on a on a on a project, you really don't think outside of sort of how it was presented to you. Like, you look at a layout device, and the layout device is presented as, "Hey, it does layout," not necessarily data collection or validation or all those other things. And right. It was it was neat to listen to. I spent a ton of time with ductwork people, and ductwork people, it was it was in I'm I hope I'm not overgeneralizing. They were looking at each other and saying, You can't do that. And like in the same room would be somebody else saying, Well, we do, you know, and it, you know, we can't you can't fab hangers for duct. And they're like, Well, we fab all our hangers for duct. And you know, you can't you can't spool this. It it was really interesting to have them as part of this. And I know a lot of them like Floated into the roundtables on piping, and and we're we like sort of blown away by by the difference between how how we're dealing with technology and how some of their firms are. I'm sure there were piping people too, but I hung out with them more, and and their perspective was awesome. Um, I, I heard from a lot of them. What did you, Sean, when you were there? Like, and and you guys are all kind of coordinating your people. Did you have a feel for how many people from each of the um, organizations was, were actually attending? Like, were there a lot of people from Sheet Metal or a lot of people from Electrical?
3: You know, it's really hard to, to kind of gauge that because there's such an overlapping of, of association, um, you know, membership. Uh, we ended up with 1,350 people total for this, wow. for this conference, which was, um, and, and here's something to note for anybody who's looking to do virtual conferences, the registration in that last ten days doubled. Um, it was one of those things where, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just the MEP world and the VDC guys and some of the FAB guys where it's like, we're procrastinators, okay? <laughs> maybe, maybe we're just a little bit procrastinators. Let's just own up to it, and that's that's that was the only kind of thing I saw because I looked at, you know, pace compared to some of the other um, online meetings we were doing, and there was a little bit of a ramp up at the end, but it wasn't like the. I mean, the, the straight upward trend I was like, oh my gosh, we're, we're gonna kill our registration people trying to try and get us in there. <laughs> but, you know, when you really look at membership for basically Nika and SmackDown, there's a pretty heavy overlap. And even as you're starting to see today, there's a pretty, I think, um, you know, I, I think uh, Nika ran the numbers and out of, uh, you know, they had they had a, a few hundred people who are registered, that registered as MCAA because it was just, you know, the, the straight through line to go through registration. But that are their members, so it's not to say that um, out of that there was you know certain amount they're only electrical, a certain amount they're only you know sheet metal, certain amount they're only mechanical or plumbing or service. Um, we had pretty good representation across the board, and I and I, and I think the one of the, the true successes of that conference is we stuck to we we first of all we leaned into what the positive attributes of going virtual really are, which is you can you can have a lot more breakouts. You can have a lot more content and you don't have to worry about how many people were in meeting rooms and stuff like that. Um, You don't have to worry about how many hotel bed nights you have or how many people are trying to get food orders for for twice the amount of people in the last seven days. That's, that's impossible. If you go to a live meeting. Um, The other thing that we really held true on is we want to make sure that every single session was contractor driven. And we had a ton of volunteers. Um, A lot of people, basically everybody on this, this, this session and probably even in the in the chat room volunteered for this and it spoke to a couple things one we've really got this mentality um built out within our associations that you know sharing and learning from each other is the fastest way that we can really kind of push our achievements and and our progressiveness in our company um but it takes it's a two-way street and we didn't have anybody come back and say like i don't really want to talk about this really cool thing I'm doing. Um, everybody basically said, let me show you what I'm doing. Cause it's cool. Um, you know, across the board. So, you know, first of all, thank all of you guys for, for jumping in and doing presentations because it really is what it was, what made it.
0: Well, I, and I have to say that opener too, I, I wanted to go back to it anyway, that opener day two, that was you, Jonathan and Rod, right. That started that off mm-hmm. with the process. And you said it, and again, we get to be a little bit more frank here. It was, one of the least sexy topics I've seen at any event,
4: (laughs) but I thought it
0: spoke volumes about where MCAA in general in this conference is, and now adding in the other two and really rounding itself out that it's the reason we're also held back. Like we, you're at the flashy stuff in other conferences because you're still trying to get them hyped up to even have the energy to go do it. I feel like the energy so high and the amp so high we have to like lay things out better. Yeah. And that's what you guys were doing. And I, I think Travis, you and I were even slacking during it. Like, yeah. Oh, this is painful. Oh, <laughs> this hurts. Like everybody who's done this. I mean, yeah. I've been the consultant doing it and it was like, it Oh, oh yeah. this sucks.
1: Yeah. Uh, but rarely is anything good easy right i mean you no. have to go through that sort of pain to get there um, so i was going to ask a question you know we one of the things i've always enjoyed about the mca sean as you as you pointed out is the fact that we are so open we are so willing to share and and nathan's been hitting us in the in the chat so we got to make sure we get him his who? dollar you know with the, the wait, respect wait, for wait, who, who
3: are we talking about nathan
1: <clears throat> yeah nathan Nathan, nathan, nathan who? Wood?
3: Huh? oh Nathan Wood. Okay. Nathan okay.
1: One. yeah that guy um, <laughs> it, we've, we've talked about perspectives a lot. And that was one of the things I really enjoyed is, is both Nika and Smackna, they jumped in, like you said, everybody was was willing to share. So I, I don't want to get too far because I know we have a lot more of the conference to cover, but what what's the plan, you know, for the future? We we've done, um, you know, for for anybody who doesn't know, most of us or all of us here at one point in time have been involved with the MCA Tech Committees, so we've done some more inclusive. Meetings where we've tried to kill the company. We brought in outside. We brought in GCs and everything. Like, I mean, are we are we trying to snowball this more? Are we trying to get more perspectives because I think that that will really drive the industry forward.
3: So I think there's two plans. First of all, um, you know, we 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 kind of we've had to have, we have to do kind of a progression to involve other associations. This year, we just basically said we've already gotten the content together. We've already done a lot of stuff. Let's just invite your members put your kind of your names on it. Um, it'll still be the MCA MEP conference. And next year, we're gonna have all three under the tagline. So 2022, January. And you know, to, to Hira and Ali's credit and, and Mark Terzini, we, we've we already had three, three meetings on next year's conference, um, which is a little soon for me. I, you, know, you really <laughs> want to kind of take a pause, but then you realize, well, we, we really don't have the full year to plan this. We only got nine months because we're looking at January in 2022. So yeah, we, we need to get rolling. In we, person, we, right?
1: You mentioned that in person. So it's,
2: so it's here to stay. It is,
3: it is, well, obviously it's here to stay. Um, the the plan going forward is this is not just gonna be MCIA. This will be all three associations working together to put together the program. Um, each of us will have, you know, we're, our own contributions will be uh, devoting staff, resources, uh, committee work, um, the real goal is, and um, pretty much all of you guys are going to be part of this anyways, but we're, we're trying to have a joint committee meeting with all three associations' committees in August, which is a bit of a logistical challenge because it's hard enough to kind of coordinate your own committee with 15 people. And then it's like, okay, on top of that, we're trying to make sure that lines up with Nika's schedule and, and SMACMA's schedule and their chair people can both jump in on this too. Um, but we, I, we think it's important. Because number one, the first thing we will all have to do our individual committee meetings for sure. But when we start strapping up the you know the the really the meat on the schedule, we want to make sure we have everybody's input and not just it be driven by one association and say you guys good with this. That's not how it works. We want to make sure we get volunteers from every association. So that's 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 the first thing I think the plan is. We also have a tremendous. Uh, contractor focus, you know, for all the different sessions next year. I, you know, it, it might just be me, but I, I kind of like the breakouts um, more than the general sessions at last year's in-person conference in San Diego. <clears throat> um, no offense, John, who did one of the break, who did one of the general sessions or, or anything like that. But it's it's really one of those things where when you can kind of get to small rooms and get to much more specific topic, you really can kind of dig into problems to do the general session stuff, you have to have very general problems or very general topics that apply to everybody. And it's not that they're, they're hard to come up with or find. It just really means that you've got to, to I wouldn't say simplify, but broaden the scope and you really can't get into um, problem solving as well as you can in those breakout sessions. So that's, that's kind of the plan as part one. But the other thing is, I think we, we kind of learned that there's some real value to doing some virtual education. And I don't want to really give up on that. Um, Trent, you helped out earlier this year when we did a, a fab virtual mini, where we kind of showed off your fabrication practices. We had over 400 MCA members attend that that session um, because people really want to learn from other contractors. You know, I, I think the plan would be, you know, between now and January, I'd love to have a series of. Uh, both fabrication mini sessions and VDC and mini sessions and keep the ball moving. You know, it's, it's not just to kind of um, promote or anything like that. You know, the real reason is it's hard when you only see each other once a year um, for something this specific. We, I would like to kind of keep this, this energy going and every couple months, maybe have a little, you know, mini session that just speaks about some process or software or, but primarily a contractor's um, usage and their their processes. I, so
1: that, I that's definitely kind of my
3: goal. Those, those are
1: two things. I definitely think that's something that's key. And that's something we talk a lot about as the, as the dorks is I don't mind seeing a software as long as it's led by the contractor and the contractor is no bullshit about it. They're gonna tell you the warts and all that they're not gonna pull any punches. I think that's one of the things that I, I've really enjoyed at the MCA is you can have whatever from the, the big to the small software it's led by the contractor. The software just gives you a little input.
3: Well, like we, it's not to say that we don't want to showcase um, software because we really like if it's a if it's a solution, um, people want to learn that solution. And, and to be clear, if we were sitting around, you know, a table at AU or something like that, and talking about something that you guys are doing, the first thing they ask is, right, "What's that? What's that called? What's that software called?" And you would look into it yourself. So it's not to say that we don't want to showcase what the software is, but we really want to show what, how contractors are using in the process involved. So I think that's kind of the, the, the first and foremost, um, you know, thing that we're trying yeah. to get across.
4: I was, and I, I wish I had written down the guy's name because he was in one of the breakouts with us. And he brought up the fact that as 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 you get Electricians and sheet metal and plumbers talking about technology together. You're really prepping for that multi-trade prefabrication, and we were really getting to the point in those those trade gatherings where where we, we everybody's getting good at doing their own prefab. We need to start bringing in the other trades and doing that more, yeah, more DFMA, DFMA more fan. more, yeah, and and I think that that's you know. The the guy there actually had thought that was the biggest thing that he was there to do is to try to figure out and align processes and technology so that they could really build together. Cause I and, and I'm and I'm picking on electrical. So Adam's gonna gonna go after me, but I, I think part of the reason that we move around conduit is because they weren't in the model as often. Because because yeah. for whatever reason, sheet metal was always there. Sprinkler was there. Plumbing was I, I have to say sort of later in the stage, and electricals like they're they're now starting to be there almost you know, on on a huge volume of jobs. So I I, re, I was really impressed by like just that everybody is there. We're starting to talk. We know we're moving multi trade you know, world of prefab. And and I think this was the first conference that I've seen that really addressed that. Other than AU will have everybody, but they won't really break it down and say, okay, we're going to talk trade specific. We know you guys are going to be working together. Here's what we're going to, you know, be on. So it, know, it was super impressive. I wish I could remember that guy's name because he had know, John, like nine mem- memorable quotes. I'll have to go through the videos when that, I can find him.
2: That exact question came up in Adam's breakout it was like, So what do you do about the conduit that's not modeled? And even Adam was right there and he goes, hey, you model it. You know, I mean, so he, they're on board. I mean, there's some of them that are doing it. Uh, It it looks like it's changing, at least to the forward thinkers in that group. So,
0: I'd like to see your fab mini series move to a multi-trade. So go through all the trades and then finish it with a finale of a multi-trade.
2: That'd be cool. That's
0: free, That'd be cool. free advice there, Sean. That's uh-huh. free advice right
2: there. <laughs> that's, that's Unlike Nathan,
0: I give my sh- away for free. <laughs>
2: yeah, Sean's never thought of that. Never.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's never
4: come up.
3: You're right. I just that's look. It, it has come up. Um, it's one of those things where when we start showcasing um, our members' operations, we really want to make sure that we keep it to other MCA members. Um, you know, it's it's really tough to. You know, and I don't, don't get me wrong, if like, if we were to showcase, um, you know, Travis, your shop, and if you guys are doing multi-trade stuff, we're not going to shy away from it. Um, we're not going to shy away from it to MC members, but it's really hard to, to kind of control once you kind of get outside of your own individual thing, unless it's at an actual event where there's processes in place to, to kind of um, make sure everybody's kind of inside the tent, you know, per se. But it's, it, you're right, we do need to kind of, I think uh, so. For example, the upcoming fab conference is going to be a Baker Group in Des Moines. Baker Group does everything, including electrical, so um, mechanical, plumbing, piping, sheet metal. Um, they have a service group. They're they're basically trying to be, do do it all. And they get you know when we're showing off the the fab conference, we're not just saying like, okay, don't look over there to the sheet metal side. We don't care. That's not what it's about. Don't don't look over here to the electrical side. That's not what it's about. It's Hey, here's some solutions and don't get me wrong. There, there's going to be, I think, heavier and heavier overlapping of trades, especially from the big guys, but it's not just going to be the big mechanicals, the big sheet metal guys. It's going to be big electricals too. You know, they're they're going to start you know, bleeding into some of the work if they know how to, to model and coordinate and fabricate. It's just an extension. It's just next trade that they can kind of get into. So there's something to be kind of learned on across the board. Man, uncomfortable silence, guys. I was waiting for you guys to, to throw out the next one. But anyways, let me ask you. Uh, I've got a question for you guys, since you guys are, are the dorks and, and kind of the industry reps here. Um, there were some questions about DFMA, but what else were you kind of, or are you hoping to see from some of these things going forward? If you said like, oh, good, we got all the trades here. Um, what was missing from the discussions we had together Do you think that we could have involved more people? <clears throat>
1: I'm still, I'm pretty heavily interested in the, the sharing of data, the passing of data, the sharing of, you know, again, damn it, Nathan, the, the CDX, being able to, to exchange information more easily. And, and I think that if we can start getting some more of these organizations involved, we can put more pressure on the, the providers to make it a little bit easier to share that information back and forth.
3: And you really are making, you just carrying Nathan's water all day here. This yeah, is I terrible. Am. <laughs>
1: I am I, I'm an to I am an all.
3: But there is something to be said about that. You're right. I, I think that there is absolutely something to be said about, um, you know, the construction data exchange and trying to get some kind of uniformity going on, but it's not just, I mean, the, the, the big challenge is it's not just contractors getting the same in line. It's convincing software providers that they don't have to
2: rule the universe. Right.
0: <laughs> uh that's a oh, good look uh, with that yeah. one. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we
2: saw we, we saw a lot of that, right? I mean, with the with the innovation conference. I mean, we saw a lot of solutions and, and we talked a lot about processes from from members in the MCA, Nika, and SMACNA. So uh, but I think we're still looking at it as independent presentations. So that that's probably the next step is. How do we, how do we present all of those same ideas in a way that uh, that kind of showcases that Unity or that you know uh, I'm I'm not plugging Unity the software but you know that to, to unify <laughs> well, I mean, the idea. Don't ideas, you problem, I'd, I'd love to see down. the Unity
3: yeah. software stuff too. Yeah, it yeah. seems like it was was there a what was there was what software was doing their demo today in the was it Unity or was it the uh, Unreal? It's Unreal. Unreal was there in theirs today, right? Yeah, I didn't, yep. I didn't. or it was yesterday, and I got to go back and watch the replay because I had a meeting during that one. But so, but I, I do like your idea. Like, I mean, maybe even just a session on how to how to perform multi-trade work um, on the same kind of job, and not just saying like, okay, we're only going to bid on the mechanical because that's what we can win, and not going after everything and saying like, we'll 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 take everything. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be able to model everything, or or even being able to say we'll model everything and just perform the mechanical, but bidding on that part of the job the
4: BIM part of the job. Uh, Dustin actually just mentioned something that that I, I really agree with is, I, I think that a lot of the major software have started to put out APIs. And when you talk to a group like that, that's tech centric, you're still talking to a ton of people that don't understand what an API even is. I was talking like, and, and I think we need to know now, like, I think it was, it was like a, you can kind of know about it before, but I think at this point, if you don't understand, how APIs are going to change the way that software communicates with one another, you're probably gonna run into some brick walls. You know, when you talk about having those monolithic software providers, if they're providing APIs, now they're providing an inroad for all of these small software providers to really maximize. And I can't tell you how many, like I'm working with APIs now, how many individual contractors bought into this, hired somebody to do programming and are now like mining APIs for data on a constant basis. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. yeah. The
1: the fact that, that not only having APIs, but then encouraging the the contractors to actually hire people to be able to use them. You know, yeah, you can, you can use an API, you can pull it into Power BI and you can can report off the data, but to, to go on from that, you need some programmers, you need, but to, I love what you're saying there though, Jonathan, I didn't mean to interrupt that, but the the smaller softwares to be able to latch onto that.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And why wouldn't the general contractors who maybe are a little more centric on those big providers and some of the trades who are maybe latched onto these smaller solutions, why wouldn't that GC want to harness that data? I mean, why, That it, it should be transparent. It should be something that, I mean, they, they only seek to gain knowing what it took their subs to do what they did, or how they did it, or and what time frame. So
4: exactly, we were
3: we were we were this close to having a session called. We got an API, we got an API for that. And other lies that software providers tell you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, we have a hey, this group does that would sign up to, to help lead uh, that as yeah. a panel.
2: Well, I well, okay. mean, hey, guys <laughs> are going to be a big monetization chain coming. Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah. huge.
0: well. And yeah and that's but that's the thing though I, I mean coming from the software side and having been there now for a while um my favorite is when a contractor says well do you have an api and my answer usually is what do you need <laughs> <laughs> and then i get a uh, api <laughs> go, no what do you and need do you need um well, I didn't think about that. I just was told to ask, do you have an API? And it's like, <laughs> okay, you have to have an idea of what it is you want to do. Oh, and and I can say, yes, we have one, DJ, but you know, this is my common one. And I and 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 I'm not picking on anybody, but I said, Yeah, I can have an API with name your company and so that you only have to use one login to get somewhere. But what does that really do besides save you one login? Is that really what you're after? Or do you want interchangeable data? And oh, by the way, we don't want all the data. Like this is my favorite <laughs> one. They're like, I like. What do you want to What do you want to exchange?
2: Everything. Mm, are you sure?
0: <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? You're sure? Because because I'm thinking like reality capture stuff. Like I don't want all that data. I want some specific things. You know, like maybe percent completes or you know I don't know. You know, uh, you know linear feet, something of that nature. Sure, I'll ingest that piece. That's great, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think you want you know your ERP system does not want your scan data. That's right. gonna that's gonna make that boat anchor even worse.
3: Yeah, yeah. but it, it yeah. seems like everybody and I think there's you know not to not to give DJ too much credit here with with Procore and stuff like that. But you know, there's two ways of you can integrate. You can have software that's fully integrated and you can actually it's not it's not too much work outside of the box to get the right data back and <laughs> forth. But when they say they have an API basically means you have to have somebody who's willing to be a coder um, to basically ingest right information, connect these two systems and keep up with all the updates. Cause even if you do it once, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. You do it once. That's great until the, the next update comes and those updates come quick. So mm-hmm. it's really about like how much are you willing to spend to make sure your tech stack is fully working. That was, that was a backup. Uh, that was a backup session. I'm like, how much does it cost to to integrate your tech stack? Um, instead of, you know, the, oh, I got an API for that. Yeah,
1: but- It sounds like you got a great stack that's going into January. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, there's there's certain ones I can do um, without causing, you know, a big old, you know, dust pile. But it's really, I'd say like there's there's ways of doing things and there's there's ways of not doing things correctly. But I, I think that would be, you know, I do I do think that it is a value for, for people to understand that you can get really good value out of having a diverse tech stack. Um, but it does- there's some juice. There's a you know is is a juice worth a squeeze? Because it's it, going to it's going to hurt a little bit to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's going to take maintenance well, constantly. I
0: file. I have a question though, and and this just came to me because I've been talking to a couple of companies about about data recently as well, Travis. And have we ever have any of you guys or Sean ever had anything on like how to figure out if you have good data, clean data, like if your data is worthy <laughs> of it, like. Um, has anybody ever seen that or, or done anything on, on that topic? Because we talked to, um,
1: Amanda and Nathan's wife. Um, I'm spacing on her name. Sorry, Nathan, you, you're Liz. There you go. I think her name is Liz. Uh, there you go. Liz. <laughs> nice. Thanks for your help, Sean. Um, no, actually no in the CPC about, about fishing turds out of your data pond and, and talking about, um, you know, kind of setting the guard. guardrails there that that you you just keep collecting rely you know set set the guardrails on on when you think the data is starting to be good enough rely on some machine learning to to fish those turds out but you know we i think that we're in this point now where we just have to keep collecting um and and then decide as you start to report what what data is actually worth reporting on does that make sense right
0: yeah well
2: yeah amanda can you know. over collect probably not can you overanalyze yes right yeah,
0: but, right. I mean, yeah. yeah it's a, that's that old um you know james benham talks about that a lot you know he's like well like all of a sudden deciding you want to do something with data and you don't have it then you can't do anything if you have the data and you don't necessarily know what to do with it yet then when something comes along to do something with it you you have the opportunity you know that's the the favorite thing in IT, I can fix your computer, but if you don't back your data up, I can't make data just appear. Like that's, that's part of of what you have to be able to do. But no, I was talking to this guy, uh, Rick Galian, uh, about this exact topic about understanding, um, not only the quality of your data, but is the quantity of the data that's coming in, and is there is it dirty, versus you know is it is are you getting a lot of it and it's dirty. Are you getting a lot of it and only a little bit's bad? Do you have, you know, it, it, it got really deep. So it just was on my mind. And I, I didn't know if any of you guys have ever had that kind of conversation.
3: I don't know. It's too bad we can't pull in Liz Wood as a panelist because I think she should probably bring some real value to the conversation here. Not Nathan, but I mean, if Not, if Liz is
4: around. <laughs> nah, she's the smartest. Liz one. was here, yeah. Nathan <laughs> has Liz to go to the chiropractor uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 actually really been a problem in um, reality capture. Is you can go out with a piece of hardware and capture 600 gigs of data in a day. Mm-hmm. And you have just like you—you you probably don't have infrastructure to even <laughs> process that data, you know. So, so I—I—I I, I recently had somebody send me house scans, and um, they had 90 gigabytes for a house, and I was like, "This is this is this is insane." So, I—I I think there really is like I—I I, I agree that you can always go back and and what you can do is say, "I'm only going to ingest half of that because right. the rest of that's down. that." Yeah, so so I, I I agree with that, but I think it's I think it's tough to to tell those things. I going back to your original question, Sean. Though I would really love to see some good positive stories of implementation. And there's a big change going on right now for a lot of mid level technology adopters, where they're moving from Auto De- or AutoCAD as their main production tool to to Revit, and it's still going on today. And I think. Positive stories about that would help because I meet a lot of people that are like, "We just can't do it. No one, no one can do it." And and then you look around the room and it's like, "Well, all of these sort of technology people have done this, and and they can talk about it and they can help you go through it." And and I think that conferences like this really set that bar. It says, "Here's a huge list of contractors that take technology seriously and they have been able to do the things that you only wish you could do or that." You couldn't do two years ago, but you haven't looked back at again because you know it didn't work two years ago. So why in the world would it work now? You know, I I, I felt like when I talked to people that were were sort of just at their first tech conference or just attending because it was virtual to add to why virtual is awesome. Um, a lot of them were surprised that people were actually doing some of the things that they were doing um, in, in terms of successfully using the tech. So I'd love to see some, some more success stories. I know they do a lot of that, but I always go to those and always feel they're good, good failure stories are better, but like good yes. success stories are also good.
3: I love a good failure story. I mean, you yeah. can learn. And I think everybody, like, I tell you what um, you probably remember way more of your failures in the contracting world than than half of your successes. Um, I mean, the, it seems like those are the things that are the lessons are, and sometimes it's hard to yeah, I almost want to be like, let's talk about your worst failure. Let's let's talk about what you learned about it and how you have that sniper's mentality to just put it past you and say, Great, you know, I'm not gonna let this affect every single, you know, new project I'm on, but I'm making sure that I learn this lesson no matter what. Like, what are the things that you hold true to and what are the things you have to eventually let go from? Cause it seems like the 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 grayer your beard in the industry, the the more of those, like, oh, you can't do this because and unfortunately that applies to a lot of a lot of software out there um i mean travis Trent, you probably you guys probably demoed a lot of beta products mm-hmm. and when you guys demoed them it's probably at a point where they, they weren't fully cooked and you might have you know cut the cord or you know and, and two years ago you two years later you might have seen it develop and be like be hey, what did you actually need it to be a couple of years down the road, but sometimes it's like, Oh no, I'm never going to touch that again. We tried that once and man, it was, it just didn't work for us. Well, that's yeah. what,
1: that's what um, the presentation that I pitched to you was, was cutting the cord or, or moving on. Um, and that's what actually a big chunk of it ended up being was talking about the fatigue, the fatigue that you can accumulate from trying all these solutions out and, and trying to be on the cutting edge and, and having things that are, that are half Um So that, I mean, that was a big, a big, big part of it was was trying to address well, that.
0: And Travis, I was in that one and, and I, I kind of knew this story and, and I had heard it and, and I know it was cleansing for you <laughs> <It> was, um, <laughs> to get out there. But it was the it was the one of the few negatives that I have on it being virtual and not physical, because I don't think him? Well, <laughs> yeah,
1: I needed a hug. I, I did
0: I need a hug, man. Brother's got a hug, but no, no, actually, because we've done this at I, I've been a part of that kind of thing at the, there was an AGC event we did and AGC IT always does this, you know, epic failures is what we call it. And we started off, but then we let everybody else in the room, grab the mic and start telling their stories. And it becomes this like people are like teary eyed at the end and like, they're coming up to you and they're telling you like their deepest, darkest tech secret failures and i was like that's the one thing that can't happen to travis and jeff right now because it's virtual they're not seeing them i guarantee you if you had been in person travis you you would have been mauled for at least an hour or so afterwards with people wanting to share their exact similar experience that that, that's my only takeaway from that one that that i feel like virtual hurt you because people weren't that they just didn't have there wasn't
1: there wasn't the you know, in and anybody that's seen me present, like if I'm given an hour to present, I'm talking for 25 minutes because I want to talk to you afterwards. This one this one we made it to 45, Sean. So don't worry about that. Good but,
3: enough. Good <laughs> enough.
1: We made it to 45, but there, there wasn't the there wasn't the the open discussion after that. And that would be the, the downside to the the virtual. But to, to play a little bit more too, Sean, to your point, like one of the things I think that we don't do well, especially when we talk about DFMA and IPD and all these other other contract types, is we don't do a, we don't do a good job of sharing the successes without over glamorizing them or we, or actually we don't share them at all. You know, it's just kind of on to the next thing. So I, I do think that we need to figure out the, the right way to promote what worked well without we, 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 we've all been, know those conferences where, um, there's a contractor up there and everything's perfect all the time. So, so there has to be a way to show off those success successes without getting to that point. Exactly. Jonathan. Yeah.
2: It's a great point. Yeah. I, I it either say, sucks or it's the best right, right. yeah,
4: just, yeah. I, I gotta say I, I posted the dunning-kruger effect again to the and I've been thinking about it a lot because the more I work with people, the more I see like they they buy software they have so much confidence in it and when they drop it is right when they shouldn't drop it. It's like right when they hit this this valley of despair where they think the software is not working and they jump to the next software it's like you just started over. you just started over like most software i hate to say this cuz i may maybe controversial if you if you pick the software and they say they'll do the job that you want done most of it will do it it's but it's not going to happen overnight it's going to be a trial and you're it's, you're going to feel really confident and then it's going to suck and then it's slowly going to come back and i think it's people with the good staying power that that like are the people that are, end up being successful. Yeah. I, I see so many people that we we call it fatigue and maybe that's a little different attrition. but they jump out right at the bottom. They yeah. just it's like next next solution. Yeah, yeah and- I think there's
3: attrition there's also the attrition when if it's like a like a bootstrap thing and people are coming at you for donations essentially <laughs> to keep it going. That's right. that's uh-huh. really where the fatigue sets in a little bit faster. But let me ask you guys have you ever had Cause like, I'm sure all of you have beta tested, you know, some product here or there has anything ever jumped off and be like, this is perfect right away, or this is, we're using this, this is already excellent and good. And we're going to get to it. And this is, we're going to implement this as soon as we try to.
2: Aside no. from me. No, I'm no. Not, well, I mean, yeah. No. Trent, nothing. Trent.
3: <laughs> no. It's never,
2: it's never been but like so, that. I think it, so
3: far it, it, is your best integration and how much time did it take to get it to where you want it to be?
1: I, I think that at best, you're going to see the 80-20 rule. You're going to find a solution that does 80% of what you want to do. I think that's at best.
4: Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you, do you, do you, do I guys don't think, think it's you-
2: everywhere I want it to be. That's probably a trick question. <laughs> but, I mean, um, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, you can ask some of the software providers I work with. I, I, I tend to hound on them pretty hard, but, um, it takes a long time, man. And it, it really, but we talked about that attrition, you know, knowing when to cut the cord that, that that's a big thing. I mean, Travis, it's a great point. It, because you know, like what's the the Kenny Rogers, like no when to hold them, fold them, yep. walk away, but, but also yeah. people walk away too soon. Um, yeah,
0: That's what I, I wanted I to bring up, Jonathan. That that adding is- your
2: software gets you better poised for that. Maybe. I mean, you you should you should have an idea of what the end result is before you start, right? And I think that gives you a better understanding of how you're tracking to your perceived end result.
0: Right? Okay, so I, I have a question there for you, and I want to pose it because I've been doing a lot of reading around some of this right now. And there's it, it's a level trend of grit, right, and and perseverance to get through, but then understanding. The, not going into commitment escalation, which is like, well, we're going to keep throwing money at this thing because we're already invested in it. And there's this idea of how do you, you need a little grit. There's really not a lot of success stories that don't, that don't have a lot of grit in them. But when is, you know, when have you gone past that point? I think from what I've been reading and what I've been hearing about, I think it's pretty cool. Success metrics are important, but also failure metrics. Like, here is a metric we're going to set that if we cannot reach, we need to pull it. This came out of a, a, an interview with Google X. Yeah. And a, and they really go into every project. They actually have people who that's their whole job is to set the failure metric.
2: You're like a market trader. Yep. It's the stop loss, right? Yeah. <laughs> like right. the <laughs> stop
0: loss gap. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's, and- That's the guy
3: that passes on the uh, the don't come line and in craps. He's like, nope, no. 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 <laughs> oh, that asshole! Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I know that guy. I, like, I, don't I, I, hang I, I out I, with really that fun. dude. It's, it's really fun to do. It's called it's called going Cobra Kai. It's do <laughs> it. It is so much fun, and you're basically just rooting against the other half of the table. It's great. It's, it's fun.
4: I- I would say that the ones that seem like they're instant wins are the closest to tools or tools, because we sometimes break out tech as tools and or tech as software, and tech can also be tools. Like the best ones I've had are like when I first got a 3D scanner and tried it out. Like literally, the guy let me borrow it for for like two days, and I was like, I want this one. I don't even want to give it back. And if you want it, <laughs> like like I'm keep like I, I I don't understand how you use the post office to send it to you because I need it. You know, and I think the closer, like if you look at software and you say, which is the software that looked like closest to tools? In a way, when I saw like a plan grid, it was really simple. There wasn't a lot of setup and it worked more like a tool. I'm I'm, I'm not promoting data, but data looks more like a tool than like tech. And I think it's easier with those ones. Now I realize data has been ramping up for a while, but I think the more it looks like a tool the more likely you are to see immediate success. Because if I pick up two drills and, and use them both, I'm putting one down and I'm keeping one. You know what I mean? Because the, the job's simple enough and direct enough that I can make a decision quickly based on performance. Where software, they're always telling you that your performance is based on how you implement and all of this other stuff. It, it's getting that performance to be very obvious so that you can say, yep, this is, this is what I want. You know, so the, I feel like the simpler the software is, and the closer to a tool it is, the more likely it is to be quick win. This
0: was the John I was looking for it when you said it. This was the first tech for me that out of the box I was like, "Oh, this is this is perfect. I'm great. I'm I'm all set." You guys know that's the the Rocket Books, right? Perfect. Yeah.
3: It, no, the, it, wasn't, the thing. it wasn't. It wasn't perfect. It was perfect, perfect. until I, anybody... I left to
0: the one. Yeah. Screen... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Have you ever left one of those things in the
0: car? Oh, yeah. Like
3: a yeah. hot summer day?
0: Oh, do you want to hear Do you want to hear a crazy? Well, actually, it's not. And, and I'll give you a trick because I got addicted to these things thanks to Rob McKinney when I was still with Gallegos. And I, I, I got like 10 of them. And I was sharing it with all my coworkers how cool it was. And I had this young woman who worked the front desk who was going to school to like get uh, improve and... So I got her one and gave it to her and she did that, Sean. She took her notes from class and left them in the car and they were gone, but put it in the freezer right away. They all come back. Really? Ah, you didn't know that mm. mm-hmm. you learn something new every day. Yeah. I grabbed her notebook, threw it in our company freezer. And an hour later, all her notes were back, but that was the other thing though. Was it perfect? No. Cause it has that problem, but I was scanning them right away and sending them up. I mean, literally this was uh, David from JB knowledge. And I like, that was how we shared notes, you know, like getting that information digital right there. I didn't need it to be integrated with everything. The fact that it emailed me a PDF was all I needed to start. So, you know, that was mine, but you're right, Jonathan. Cause as you were saying that, and I was looking for it, I was thinking, it, well, it's really just a pen and paper, right? It's really just a tool. And uh, the closer it is to just a tool, the yeah, well, that's I a... think
3: the closer it is to a very simplified process. I mean, yeah. There's, yeah, there's really complex stuff going on in the background, but the closer you can make it appear simplified is really what's going to kind of make it beneficial or really say easy to adapt. You know, when you're only having a couple things to input or a couple processes, a couple clicks, like, oh, yeah, that's easy.
0: There's yeah. there's a topic for the show, guys, by the way. It is really freaking
4: hard to make
0: something look this simple. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> right.
4: Well, that's, you know, Sean had that, um, you had that session again on the book Range and he talks a lot about like wicked environments and mm-hmm. kind environments and how, you know, we, we have a bunch of software in, in construction that's really wicked. It does tons of different things, has huge range of things it does. And those are hard to use. So like as, as technologists, our whole job is to make those things seem like a light switch, you know? It's like, can you make Revit seem like a light switch to people so they can actually use it? Because that's kind of the win. Actually, the, the, we, had, uh, we had somebody ask what tech you couldn't live without on a podcast just res- recently. And I didn't think of it, but some other guy brought up these. Oh, wait, let me see if I can show you. This is the tile that goes on your keys to make sure you don't lose your damn keys every day. And I think it may be the tile, tech yeah. that I can't live without. <laughs> it's not an official tile. It's, you know, it's some other version. But that, it's those teal. simple solutions that just right. make life easier and more lean, man. Wasn't Benham talking so, about two-minute well, two, when, two minute lean a lot?
0: Two-second lean. Yeah, two it's two a great lean. book if you haven't read it.
3: I was trying to get a couple contractors to test out those tiles for... Uh, like the, the fabrication baskets that go out to the job site just so they could kind of say like, okay, well, I mean, how many times have people gone on the job? site? So I can't find whatever you sent out. And it's like, okay, well, let me, let me show you where it is. So you can ping it. At least use your cell phone to get within 75 feet of it, well, but is it. Is it, Nobody, nobody seemed to take me up on
0: that. Isn't Milwaukee adding like the vibrate function to the tick thanks <laughs> right. to our little hack that we did? Now now it'll vibrate when you're close.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you get close to the bin, your tick the, the starts vibrate. The drink five. bar is close. close, yeah. I'm close. <laughs> you, you know, I, I went back a couple of years, I put an actual tile inside of my ear pods because when you can bring the ear pods, They'll make a noise and you can find them but it won't ring loud enough that if you put it in the refrigerator you can hear it and <laughs> i felt like i felt like that was my threshold like i needed to be able to how many times access-
1: are you leaving your eye iP- yeah, iP- iP- far iP- too iP- many
4: far too many <laughs> but like like uh there are a lot of bluetooth devices for tracking your stuff and very few of them make noise it, it's yeah. it's funny how few of them make noise and and that's huge you know
3: I haven't even checked out the new Apple ones that are basically like tiles, but do they, they have a, is it, is it still just Bluetooth? And do they make noise? I mean, that's, that's a better question.
2: <laughs> Probably has yeah. its own proprietary charger. Right. Yeah. Right.
4: <laughs> it's Apple. Well, it's a special ringtone.
3: That was the downside of those tiles. Like they last about, you know, a year and a half and then they go dead and there's no replacing the battery. I think they eventually came up with one the battery, but my my mother-in-law would consistently lose her keys and we eventually started tagging those things on our keys and she lost it about two years after we tagged it and we couldn't, the thing went dead. Done. Like, oh, oh, I don't, worry about it. I don't done know if this. you've
4: seen these, but these are cool too. Like this is the card that goes in your wallet, rechargeable, the size, size of a card and it rings just as loud as a tile. Really? Yeah. Well, and they're rechargeable like with ID like a card. card. Yeah. Well, it just, it just rings. So you don't lose your damn wallet as an obvious. It's obvious. I lose everything. So I, just I was technology. just about to say, yeah, I think like, we have a whole you thing. You can't on
1: spell, this. you can't find stuff.
0: Shit. Jonathan loses. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like, well, to, I like say, to showcase my. my <laughs> with the earbuds in the fridge, is that like then? Where'd yeah. the milk go? Because that's usually what it, I'm doing is
4: like the, the cereals you, in the fridge and the milk. Your parents the- put
2: batteries in the refrigerator. Was that, was that Listen,
4: man, it's how you measure stress. So, like, stress is how far did you did you lose your keys in your pocket or did you lose them in the refrigerator? In the refrigerator, <laughs> you need to calm down. In your pocket, you're probably okay. <laughs>
3: No, I tell you what. With the AirPods, the the only real point of stress is whenever I'm in the bathroom. I was like, I literally go in the bathroom every time, and I'm like, this. I, like, I do not like to lean down or anything like that. <laughs> they
0: That's, come yeah. out before I go in, man. They they gotta go into the. They That's gotta go I'm back so, into the. One
2: holding. of the reasons I'm still corded. The pods, man. I got and my back, ears are too the big, They, they to fall fly. out.
3: Back in the days, I used to fly. Um, if you fall asleep on the on the with, the with the thing behind you, like as soon as you turn your head, they will fall out of your your, your ears and go to the butt crack in the seat. And you, you, there's no putting them back in your ears at that point. <laughs> the butt crack of an airplane seat is like the most like-
2: Foul place. invention for that.
3: Foul place.
1: Like, <laughs> I've been in worse want... places, I'd, I'd put them back in my ears.
3: <laughs> no, man, I don't, I don't even put them back in the case. I just basically take a little baggie and keep them separate. Just like, I'll clean you up with some like Clorox wipes later, but for now you're just gonna go here i a one year end or
2: something. Oh, you get sick that's- through your ears, right? That's not. A- yeah, it's
4: fine. Dustin's like, I have tiles for my kids too. I was gonna say, <laughs> Dustin, we won't,
0: we won't tell Child Protective Services.
4: <laughs> right. I think you think Dustin has Dustin <laughs> has
2: like five kids though. So, if
4: pretty- yeah, you, would- you got, right. if you got five you kids, I tag you, them.
0: That's um, worth the tiles.
4: Yeah. Do they have separate ringtones? <laughs> 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 oh, do they ring separately? Yeah. Yeah. Which so one am I
0: trying like- to ring? <laughs>
3: I, I put them in both my kids' backpacks and and uh, sewed them into their jackets too, just because they would like they, if they had them in the pockets of the jackets, they'd take them out and, and leave them. So, just sewed them straight in.
1: They toss them, awesome, yeah. That's problem solving
2: yeah. right there.
3: Well, I, how many how many I mean how many jackets you have to buy until you're like stop losing the damn jackets <laughs> to playground?
2: That's the that's the old red green show mantra. Like if they don't find you handsome, they should find you handy. I mean you know you find ways. <laughs> it's like I was never good looking, so I got to find ways to get things
4: done. You know,
0: <laughs> they just got to live somewhere cold like us, Sean. They don't come home without their jackets here, the jackets go well, on.
4: But you lose like your AirPods like in the snow and you never find them because yeah. I've done that.
0: <laughs> that is true. And to walk around looking and listening <laughs> for them in the snow is a pain. Uh. Oh, that's hilarious!
2: All right, so talking about what are we? What are so,
1: Sean, I, I want to bring it back to the conference. What are, what were some of the other big things that that you thought were positives out of all of this?
3: Uh, you know, I think we we kind of hit most of them, but I did. You know, I was I was relatively surprised by the roundtable discussions. Um, when we do roundtable in person, it's you know, usually it, it plays a little better because you can just break up in small groups and you're, you really are forced to interact. Online, you, we, we kind of got the message across right away. It's like, guys, I know you've been used to doing Zoom meetings all the time, but get your hair ready, you know, put on a clean shirt. You're going to talk, get your mic on. When we started going to the breakout rooms, we expect everybody to talk. And, you know, I actually got some feedback right away. was like, I wasn't ready to talk, but I'm, I'm kind of glad I did. Uh, it's been too long since I've actually spoken to people you know like in a, in a social <laughs> standing as like I get it I mean we've all been kind of locked in this this kind of world here um luckily that, that seems to be kind of changing a little bit but still it's it was I, I thought the feedback from that was pretty good but um yeah I, I do like I do like the deep dives and I do like uh, getting people to kind of communicate and share their ideas with each other and you can't really do that unless you actually talk to each other so it's one thing when you have a breakout where it's like one person talking to many, but the round table is really kind of let everybody kind of share their own ideas in small groups, then bring that back out. So there's like more ideas in a smaller kind of uh, standpoint, but you know typically more refined processes you know, for the breakouts where everybody could hear them in one kind of setting. So it was, uh, that was my kind of, thing. I think was was, I was was a bit of a takeaway for us there.
1: Yeah, I think the the roundtables were positive. It was one of the first times, like you said online, that I thought everybody, for the most part, was pretty engaged. Um, I, I like the way that we we structured those. Trent, yeah. did you have something?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to give a kudos though, Sean, because we talked about you. You know, you said how hard it is to to gauge those general sessions, right? Because they're so broad and and. You know the breakout ones are kind of easier to set up, and they're more tailored to what people are looking for. But I think, I think there's kudos to the day two with Jonathan and Rod, right? Um, Because and how I don't discount the the duck pads.
1: You gotta give that shout out to the duck pants first, though. Shout out to the The duck duck pants. pants. All right, yeah, the duck pants, (laughs) duck pants.
2: But I, I think the kudos to the selection of making that a general was I think every session I sat in as far as breakouts went process was talked about even day one day two day three. So the fact that you made that a general, I think was a, was a really good call. It, it, I mean, it just came up constantly. It was always, well, how do you do that? What do you need to do to do that? What do you, I mean, yeah. So.
3: Yeah. And I tell you, it's, it's easy to find some really narrow focused topics. Like I could say something like how to uh, spool, you know, toilet batteries or something like that and you'd get 55 people like 60 people are like yeah i want to figure out how to do that better because everyone's like i don't do that perfect yet um but then like but it's it's that's a very kind of solid room but it's hard to get a broad topic that everyone's gonna be like ah, i'm like especially in a virtual session in a real in a real life one i could you can be a little bit more um forgiving because you know you have people in a in, a, in close space where they're going to do like Go in the hall and, and BS with each other, which is probably what they actually do <laughs> more than anything.
4: I, Sean, I can honestly say this is the first time I've gone to actual sessions on the last day of a conference. Usually, <laughs> the last day of a conference, especially the early sessions, I mean, we all try to go, but 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 like they're like five people sitting in a room, really hungover, looking at the speaker going. You better be impressive, you know, because <laughs> I got up out of bed for this. <laughs> yeah. They might Been be there. wearing the ju- duck pajamas at the time, too, because it's the third day. And, and I, I noticed I the last more, day, so do I. <laughs> the last day, everybody was still engaged. I mean, I still like even even, I had actually had stuff scheduled to do that day outside of what I was doing. And I I rescheduled because I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to stick with it and get the you you know, there was a lot of of content with your with your your with the convention. And that's not always the case. It's usually a lot of flash, like we said earlier. So I, I give you huge props for getting a lot of content into a three day. In, in keeping the attention of people who are everybody's fatigued from Zoom. Everybody's tired of of being on meetings like that. So so definitely it was it was awesome. I was so happy to be part of it. And um I, I was so happy to sort of listen to how much people had to say about tech this year.
3: Yeah, we're gonna do more. I, I think we're gonna lean into it as much as we can, but I, I know we're going to do both. And the real question is, when we start doing these things in person again, are we going to try and do a hybrid format? And my gut instinct is to say no, um, because it's almost like going through the pain of both formats simultaneously. And it is hard. It's hard to, like, it's, it is at least two to three times as hard to do an online uh, conference and is to do one in person. Um, I, I, but it's worth it.
1: I like your idea of, of doing kind of mini buildups virtually to the main I, I think that that's the way to do the hybrid yeah. i think that's a great
4: idea i would love you to talk to jeff alwell and tell them that at the next convention that's in per- person, we have to have like a ghost robotics or a Boston robot or a Boston Dynamics dog with a video camera on its head walking around the conference the whole time. Because I guarantee he'd do it for you, and I think that would be hilarious. We could just have a tune into Dog View.
1: <laughs> Jeff has dog voice like dog that. View. Yeah. Dog
3: View.
4: Dog oh, View. A that little robot so and cool. attachment
3: opening doors for people. Is that what you? Yes, playing?
1: absolutely. Oh, that would be so creepy. That was so creepy.
0: I just, I just, there's this picture of like being in one of the breakout rooms and that robot dog just like opening the door and walking in itself and just completely derailing everything that's going on. It
1: it would have to sit next to someone and then just look over
2: and then look back. Well, you get some old timer that just freaks out and like destroys it. I mean, out of like, (laughs) I'd like to see him try. (laughs) <laughs> oh geez those things are tough did you see more, that New more
1: than York- anything,
3: you need you need to train them how to like hump legs and sniff <laughs> like my dog that's, that'll be the real be, that's when it gets really weird
2: <laughs> did you see that's that? that's when York's, the feed gets taken finish, down just Sean. let him finish <laughs> that, I, like, I like dustin's idea at the watering hole after the conference it's bringing us beers whenever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on look
3: if you can train a spot to get beers that'd be great that's that's the <laughs> ultimate use case for
4: okay shout out to jeff elwell we need boston dynamics bringing us beer at the next conference there's your roi right there yeah right on there it is there it is
0: all right well we are getting close to that hour i hate to be the one that wraps it up um we are excited thanks for joining us sean and doing the recap with us we had a lot of fun having you on we always do um it's always the best time to get you to right afterwards although sounds like you're ramping into the next one and and not to make you shaking your boots, but Nathan said it's not nine months, seven months away. That just wanted to make it a little bit harder on you there. Um, But uh, It is what it is, right? Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know we, speaking for myself, I was completely impressed with what you were able to do this year and in bringing in everyone together. You know, this industry needs... Um, more and more collaboration. It needs to cross the aisles a lot. We need to trust one another and work with one another and what better way to do it than to start doing our conferences together and to really embrace it. So thanks for your leadership and the leadership of MCAA and the business. Um, we really appreciate you.
3: Well, thank you very much for having me guys. Have a, have a great dorkathon next time you guys do that in person too.
0: Well, you. you know, we, you never know. We might be able to be holding that next year, you know, just put a little drop in your mind, maybe yeah, maybe having us want... live uh, and doing some sort of cool thing at uh, next year's event would be quite fun for us. So
2: You want the other guys, as you called us. Yes, the other guys. The other guys. <laughs> the other guys. We had very
3: professional ladies doing the first online, everyone. Now we got the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Hey, every circus needs clowns, my That's baby. Right. We're here for you. Yeah, I'm okay, yeah,
3: I'll put you guys on for day three of the conference. It'll be great when we do it in person. It's like
1: when there's four people there, and exactly <laughs> just to see you
3: guys like pull yourself out of bed in the morning for that eight o'clock uh, call. Time. It'd be whoa, great. whoa, whoa,
2: eight o'clock. Hey. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, there hey, early hey. to
3: get your AV set up, man. You can't just oh, show up at nine, James uh, Benham style. Spread it right oh, wow. off. <laughs> so... fired. We're going.
0: Ah, all right, guys. Well, it has been a great show. Thank you for joining us for episode 24. We just didn't want it to end. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks. Sounds good, guys. Take it easy. See it You're like, did you say billion? <laughs> B-b-b-b- B-b-b-b- billion? Motherfucker.
4: <laughs> That's a lot of work. It's not even a real
2: number. <laughs> yeah, like, you could have said a Or It's
3: like 20 pounds, and it just came back from a groomer yesterday, and I swear to God, it's the softest thing you've ever touched. <laughs> it's like, it's just, and he's like, you're the fanciest boy dog. It's like, <laughs> I want to put some bows on your hair or something. It bells on you.
0: Ooh, coffee. All right, oh, I know. I
3: like you're that. a mean guard dog.
1: I get it. I get it. That'll make the cut. Right. The cuts. Yeah.
4: We we started whiskey drinking in the afternoons at work, like a really small dram with like a, a group at the, the co-workspace. And um I realized that it's always Thursdays that we decide to do that. So I start drinking at noon on <laughs> John. I don't continue, but like, like there's that little break of
2: John's always like, man, I'm so busy. And then we
4: find out like <laughs> we find out later. It's like, and, totally busy drinking. I'm so busy, <laughs> I'm very busy. Hey. I'm very busy person. Us context
2: can do some of our best work with a few in us. That's so.
4: right. <laughs> oh, dude, you want to see something funny? Like a bunch of like 24-year-olds having their forced Lafroy or like some really hard peaty scotch and their faces just curl up and want to die. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm 44 and I
1: still do it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's. it's I I mean, some are like that. That's
3: just that's kind of nature of the beast. If it's got a really bad bite, yeah, it's, it's hard for me there to be like, oh, this is good finally. No,
2: it's, you know, it's kind of yeah. like shrimp cocktail sauce though. Like you know you shouldn't enjoy it, but you do. It's just <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
3: why wouldn't you enjoy shrimp and cocktail sauce? I've been putting those things down since I was like five. Well, have you had the
2: St. Elmo's one here in Indy, the one that yes. like clears your nostrils? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, delicious. it's awesome. But you shouldn't like that, but you do, right? Yeah, it's. Just, it's, it's too like,
3: yeah, but I've got a pretty good spice palette.
0: Like wasabi, man. You're like,
2: love it. Yeah, yeah. You love it. you're sitting there cleaning your face off, but you're like, I want more. You know, uh, again, again. So,
4: um, but we don't give a fuck what you say, but somebody might give a fuck what you say, so that's up to you.